Welcome to the Insider Safe Place for Men podcast show. Because every male survivor deserves hope, healing, support, and a BMW. And here's your male survivor, leadership coach, and hypnotherapist, Thomas Edward. Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? Hey, all right. Welcome once again to Safe Place for Men, and this is the Insiders Podcast. So you're just kind of getting a little brief introduction for those that you, of course, that have subscribed. You get to hear all the ones that are there and the ones that we do each week. But hey, we're posting it just so that other people can have an opportunity to hear. All right, guys, it's been a minute since we've last talked and had an opportunity. I guess it would have been uh, January since we've plugged in a little bit. So, you know, what's going on with you guys out there? So, you know, um, it seems like, you know, Omicron is, is letting up a little bit and, you know, supposedly uh, things are starting to open up a little bit more. And so that's great. That's wonderful. Uh, not that I don't think we'll ever be back to what we consider normal, normal. And then, you know, sometimes normal, normal isn't always great. And sometimes change, change is actually, um, I'm going to say, desired in some situations. But yeah, we're kicking it here. And of course, we're here in, uh, I'm going to say, sunny Sacramento, California. And, you know, it's February and you guys know how I am about the heat. But it's like yesterday, it was like 72, 73 degrees. And like, this is February, right? And, of course, originally I'm from Illinois, Chicago area. So around this time, I called my mom, uh, my 90-year-old mom, and she's hanging in there. Um, you know, we're doing what, what we can. And, uh, you know, they always give their prognosis and diagnosis and say, hey, you know, you got whatever, six to eight months or whatever. But she just keeps her little happy disposition, right? And so, you know, I was just, just talking with her uh, the, the other day and just seeing how she was doing. And she was talking about, yeah, you know, it's... I don't get out much, you know, it's around negative 14 or something like that with the wind chill factor. And I was like, oh, you know, I miss that. It's just uh, once in a while, it's just nice to have just like some nice, just crisp, cold weather, you know, maybe just for a week or so. Right. And so you're kind of, you know, I'm going to say uh, you kind of cabined in for a little bit and you can enjoy your hot cocoa. And yeah, that's that's what makes it makes it great. But you know, having it for long periods of time, yeah, I'm 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 past that that kid stage, so um, no more of of that. All right, guys. So we're gonna talk just a little bit. Um, hey, welcome to a, a new listener out there, Jimmy. If you're listening, hey, thanks, dude, for sending the email. Uh, you know, I get encouraged uh, anytime you guys are either on Instagram and. You start following me on Instagram or you just send me an email just letting me know, you know, saying, hey, thanks for the podcast. And that just lets me know that individuals are listening. Right. And, you know, it pumps me up, too, because um, it's like, OK, you know what we're doing is it's being effective. It, it's touching people. It's it's helping people. And um, so that's great. Shout out to my Canada crew. I don't know what it is about Canada, but Canada you guys, for as far as coaching and stuff has been coming, you guys are starting to rack up when we talk about international, getting quite a few candidates from, from Canada. And um, so I'm looking forward to, um, you know, actually, you know, coaching and working with 
um, some of you guys and we're going to meet in some different places, fly and meet some different places and do some coaching and some retreats and things. So really and totally excited um, about that. So that's that's good. I'm going to we're going to talk a little bit about um, disclosure today and I'm going to share with you. um, I'm going to say the email kind of that I that I've got or the person that I'm talking to and just a little bit of what's what's going on um, with them. And they did give me permission to to share. We're not going to give names or anything, but we're just going to have kind of the, the situation. And this person says that they're really finding it hard to to heal um, in a way that's not bringing, I'm going to say, detriment or um, negativity to their marriage because the spouse is, you know, the spouse is trying to be supportive as much as as possible. Um, but, you know. It's like the spouse is kind of like, you know, but that seems to be all that, you know, you're dealing with. And we're talking about, you know, your, your mental state, you know, and as this person is, you know, trying to get better, um, you know, he says, you know, I, I wish I could, you know, express how, how I feel without creating all this turmoil and stuff in our, in our, in our marriage. And he's like, well, you know, my spouse is, is very supportive, uh, but just kind of really just getting tired of it all. And, and the spouse feels that there's no future, you know, and, and maybe most of all, I'm going to say to, um, for this person, cause there's this kind of this, I'm going to say this functioning, whatever taking place And this person, he's, he's in his forties, early forties, but he says, you know, emotionally, he still feels like a 13 year old. And so, um, he's just, it's kind of vacillating back and, and forth on, what to do. I mean, it's like, well, you know, I, I need to have, you know, the space and stuff. Um, but then how do I do that from a perspective where I don't, you know, my, my spouse is just, they're just tired of it. You know, my partner is tired of it, but it's like, but I need to heal, you know, so what do I do? And so I'm going to talk about that just a little bit later. I'm going to give you some of my own, I'm going to say, um, experiences, encounters, and then having worked, you know, you know, over the 20 years with, you know, survivors, just some of the things that I've actually um, come up with uh, that might hopefully help. But first of all, let's just talk a little bit about, you know, disclosure or disclosing. It's kind of been a while since we've been on this. And I think this is also important. So if you maybe if you're listening, maybe if you're new to Safe Place for Men, and maybe you're in the spot where you're trying to figure out, well, you know, I, I really want to disclose, but I just have this this fear of dis, disclosing and I don't know if it's going to be good for me or, you know, who should I tell, whatever those different type of things. Then this might be a podcast for you to, to listen to. So, you know, here's the thing. When we're talking about deciding, you know, who to tell or who could be told, it's, I mean, let's be real. It's, it's a difficult task, right? Because we're plagued with all those kind of questions and concerns. And, and I think the first one, of course, we're concerned with is like, well, who can I trust? You know, can I, can I trust the person? Because that's the one thing for us as survivors that was violated. Okay. That was betrayed was that trust. And so, especially if we, if our abuse took place during our childhood and we're still going through those developmental growth stages, it's even more difficult and more challenging as adults when we're talking about, that whole trust dynamic. I always think of it as because we're still stuck in, I'm going to say, uh, that developmental growth stage. So we haven't moved on to whatever the next one is. And so everything is black 
and white based upon our experience. Okay, so there's no filter, no shades. Everything is black and white. You know, it's just like kids, right? So, you know, when you're playing with your kids and stuff and, and you, you say something to them, you say, hey, yeah, this is, this is blue or whatever. And then, and it may not actually be blue, but for them, it will always be blue. And you have these conversations with them like, no, that's blue, that's blue. Why? Because someone told them. And so in that developmental stage where there is no, where they're just learning, right? And there is no nuances or shades of, uh, they get stuck in that mode. And sometimes I've just noticed that when our abuse occurs during those developmental stages, especially when we're developing trust and it gets stuck. And so maybe for you, it's like, well, you know, my, uh, my sexual abuse took place by someone of the same gender. And so now in my little developmental stage mind, it tells me that everyone of that gender cannot be trusted. They hurt and bam, it gets stuck there. And so then I don't move on to the next developmental growth stage, which says, but wait a minute, there's another end. That's not always true. There's different shades. And so oftentimes we get stuck there and that's because of the trauma. So the first one, like I said, when we're talking about disclosing, you're probably asking, you know, can I trust the person? And I'm going to say, you know, maybe one of the best ways to determine the answer to that, to that question is to pretty much to ask yourself, you know, has this person been trustworthy in the past? Okay. Now there's a key phrase that I just said there. Well, two actually trustworthy one and in the past. In other words, the person's got to bring some receipts, right? So if they don't have any receipts, I haven't had any interaction with you or encounters with you, of course, in the past, then I am not going to be dropping this knowledge of my um, abuse and disclosing to you. And so, you know, a trustworthy person is, is someone who you know is going to be able to keep it to themselves. And and, you know, and not share it. And so they have your confidence. And this is a big one. I've seen this so many times in coaching where a, uh, a survivor has shared the story maybe with, you know, uh, a sibling or, or someone in the family. And then the person in the family, um, I'm going to say, takes it upon themselves to like share it with other people in the family. And it just creates havoc because that person didn't really give that person permission. And once again, what's happened now, the trust has been violated. You feel like you've been betrayed. And I've, and I've, and I've worked with survivors who still to this day, right? There is that wall between them and a sibling just because the sibling, you know, share that information. I even got a, um, an email from an individual and so he's working, you know, uh, with a therapist and, and the therapist was going to refer him to another whatever mental health uh, individual dealing whatever with the pain, the pain that was going on. And so that therapist took it upon themselves to share with the person that they were referring that survivor to that, oh, that they're a survivor, they have sexual abuse and those. And the reality is, I know they're probably doing it from a, a place of, you know, I'm just trying to be helpful and share so that, you know, when the survivor gets there, the doctor kind of has an idea, but that wasn't that person's permission to share that. They didn't have permission to share that. In other words, if the individual, the survivor, once they got there, if they wanted to share that information, then allow them to share that information. So when we're talking about this whole thing of disclosing, you know, who can I trust? This is really going to be important. You want to make sure that 
Uh, you have a person, I'm going to say, that has that history with you. And so um, when we're talking about the, the confidence, and confidence is really going to be important. And one of the reasons is because when we're talking about this whole idea of disclosure and, and confidence, what we're also doing is we're taking, I'm going to say, taking our power back in, in a certain way. And so for me to disclose or share the secret with you, for me, it's like I am giving part of my power to you when I share that with you. And so the expectation is, is that you're not going to take that or the person's not going to take that and abuse that. Okay, that's where the betrayal comes in. Here's the other thing we want to talk about um, when we're talking about disclosing. And that is this, the person that you're going to disclose to, will they be a supportive person or will they be critical? Okay. So yes, you want to choose someone, I'm going to say, who doesn't tend to be judgmental about the behaviors of others. And that's really a big key. One of the things um, I've noticed, and I think that's one of the, uh, the reasons, you know, when I'm coaching and and we're doing the workshops and stuff and I'll talk to individuals and I'm like, well, what made it difficult for you to share, let's say this information with your therapist or, you know, with uh, whoever it is that you're working with. And they're like, it's just so difficult because it's like when I get into, you know, the details, you know, or the graphic details, I see my, my therapist, like they're wincing. And, and so it's almost like, uh, like, like they're judging me as I'm sharing this information. And here's the thing about us as survivors, I've noticed for us that oftentimes, one of the things that's really difficult for us is when we're explaining and talking about the dysfunctional, I'm gonna say the dysfunctional behavior that saved us, okay? And what I mean by that is when, when you work with me as a coach, one of the things we do celebrate is the dysfunctional, the dysfunctional <laughs> habits and stuff that have brought us to today in other words, that we use to survive. And because of them, we are still here today. And we have an opportunity now to get healthy ones and implement them in our lives. But then we celebrate, you know, all that, you know, stuff that kept us alive to this point. I know you might say, well, it wasn't good stuff, but it kept you alive. And that's the way that when I'm coaching, that's the way that I work from it. Okay, so we're going to be thankful for that. Doesn't mean we have to continue it. And that's the whole idea where we're replacing them and putting better, healthy things into place. But at the same time, it's like you're here, all right? And so we continue to move forward. But I notice for us as survivors, oftentimes, it's those dysfunctional habits that kept us surviving that oftentimes is difficult for us to disclose. And we want to be able to disclose them in a place where we're not going to be judged and someone is not going to be critical of that. And so that's, it's really important. So you want to choose someone, I'm going to say, who is compassionate, who, who is able to be, um, I'm going to say, sympathetic. And if they're empathetic, that's even even um, better. You know, to pain, to people's pain just in, in general. So let's say, for example, maybe if you notice that, you know, um, when other people suffer, like this person tends to like, you know, kind of feel bad for them or offer them help. Well, then that person might be a good choice. Now, once again, remember, we're watching for these things. So history, okay, because that's going to be something that's going to help. On the other hand, if you if the person maybe that you want to disclose and 
kind of has a strong belief that, you know what, people should just get over it. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Tell you how many times I've heard that. Uh, people should, you know, just get over it. You know, their problems and, and don't feel sorry for yourself and, and stop being a, you know, stop being a victim. You know, well, you guys know my whole thing on the whole victim, right? It's like everyone at some time in their life experienced victim, okay, victimhood. And so the reality is, is not if you experience it, it's just that, is that the place that you're going to stay? And so am I going to move from the victim, which I was a victim, right? That happened to me, to now surviving, okay? So I'm dealing with whatever the stuff that happened to me to thriving, right? And so th they're phases and we're constantly moving in between those three phrases, I'm phrases, phases that we're moving between. So when I hear someone uh, say, well, just get over it. And I notice uh, that's not type of history that may be a person I want to disclose um, to. All right. So here's something else that I want you to, to think about. And this is something as, survivors that often hits us. And I'm going to tell you, even, you know, I've been doing this for, you know, 20 years and still today when I'm asked to do a PSA, I remember when I was asked to, um, when we had the Sandusky, you know, issue at Penn state, you know, and they flew me out there to work with survivors, you know, out there and you know, just doing PSA announcements. And there's the one thing that always comes up kind of in the back of our mind as survivors it doesn't matter how many times we've disclosed. You know, I'm working with a, uh, one of my friends, and, I mean, he's like, he has a Ph.D. in you know, clinical psychology, and, and he's also, you know, an abuse survivor and stuff, and, but he's putting some, you know, his memoirs out, and we were just having, you know, a discussion there, and I was just sharing with him. It's like, yeah, it's like, you know, for me, even if when I write a book or whatever, when I put it out there, there's still always this thing in the back of me disclosing is, is this going to change the person's perception of me? Even though I haven't even met them, right? It's like, it's like you're putting it out there when you, when you say that. It's like, okay, what are they going to think about me now? Are they going to just, you know, always think of me as this or, or what happened to me? So telling someone that you care, can it can be, you know, especially difficult because you do worry about their image of you that maybe somehow it's going to be tainted, Um you know, so because the thing is, you don't want to be, I'm going to say, in their mind, seen as damaged goods, right? So every time you see, you think, oh, that's a damaged person, whatever. And, or for us as survivors, and we're kicking it with the other guys and hanging around them, we don't want them to think of us as possibly being weak, okay? So, oh, you know, you were sexy abused. That was wrong. Um, and that's one of those people that probably say, get over it, right? You don't want them. And I'm going to say, in your crew. And so that's what I mean. So sometimes the hardest person for us to disclose can actually be the person who's closest to you and which can actually be your partner, your spouse, your boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, best friend, your, your sibling, whatever, because we're afraid that it's going to change the opinion of you or the way that they actually perceive you. Now, here's the reality. Sometimes it does. Okay. Sometimes it does. Now that's not your issue, even though sometimes I'm going to say it's either gets projected or we take it on, but really that's not your issue. That's, that's theirs. And so here's the, here's the hard one 
like I said, that sometimes perception where we're dealing, like I said, with, you know, uh, the spouse, the partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, best friend. And so like the, I'm going to share with you the email that I received from the individual and working with them. One of the truths I'm going to say for me that I perceive, especially in relationships and disclosing is some people do not have the ability to handle the information that you share with them in disclosure. And this is why it's really important to, to make sure that um, I'm going to say you've got your safe boundaries in place. And you're like, but wait, T, come on. This is, this is my, you know, my spouse. This is my partner. This is, you know, my sibling, my loved one. I know, but still the reality is, is that some people cannot handle the information or they can't even handle the amount of information. And so what I notice is oftentimes when I'm doing the workshop and retreats, um, the guys that come, they actually get a lot of relief. And I say, well, you know, how is that for you? And they're like, this is the only place where I can actually share the graphic details of my abuse and one, feel that I'm not going to be judged and two, that it's not going to change the perception of who I am because I'm in the room with, with other people that have experienced something that, and so they kind of understand that and they get that. And I often, when I'm coaching individuals, you know, guys, I say, well, you have to determine, and there's little signs and things that you can see if that person, you know, can handle that information. And then I've even had some spouses, they're like, look, you go work with T, you go work with Coach Thomas, right? And they're like, I don't need the nitty gritty, whatever details, right? I, I don't, if you need to get that out, get that out there, whatever, with the coach or you know, with, with whoever. He's like, I don't need to know the details. I know that you were abused and I know there's things that come and I support you, but I don't need the details. And oftentimes I hear that is because the person says, it's not just my perception of you, but then what happens is that invades my thinking. So I had an individual and they were, he shared, you know, the kind of the graphic details of his sexual abuse with his, with his sibling, not with his sibling, with his partner. And so then for the partner, it was like, okay, so now... I've got these ideas in my head. Every time we're being sexually intimate, is the person being triggered? Are they thinking about me? Do I need to bring them back to where they are right now? So we get, right? And they're like, it's, it's just killing me. And so the Avenger Winter, she said, I don't need to hear the, the gory details about the abuse. If you need to, you know, share that with Coach T, share that with Coach T. If you need to get it out, please get it out there because for me, it just makes it even more difficult, right? And so the reality is that's reality. And sometimes that's how it works. And so don't be surprised when we're talking about disclosing it, if that's what it is, that the person feels that it might actually change uh, the perception. Okay, so here's the other thing though, because this all comes with that whole perception thing is, when we disclose, we do have to realize, like I just said, that sometimes telling will change our relationship. That's one of the things that we're worried about that, oh, by telling it is actually going to change the relationship. So I'm going to say, you know, many of us, we just worry that telling someone close to us is actually going to change the relationship with them. And like I said, sometimes it does. Um, but we also might be afraid that what's going to happen is it's going to create distance. It's going to create distance between you as a survivor and that loved one. Now, sometimes this fear is unwarranted 
and then sometimes it's not. Now you guys know me if you if you've worked with me before. And the first thing I'll ask you when we're talking about say, well, why can't it be both? And because the reality is that it can be both. It just depends upon the situation. Um, and so I had one individual and they said that, well, actually by sharing that with their partner, with their spouse, it actually brought them closer together. Okay. And so that survivor was a little bit relieved where on the other hand, there was a other individual and he shared it and it actually pushed them apart. Okay. Like the, uh, the email that we started out with. And so, like I said, some people can handle it and some people cannot. And if you're in a relationship, okay, where the individual just seems like, you know what? And, and like I said, you're getting that size, you know, like the person's like, you know what? I just can't, can't handle that. We're always talking about that or always dealing with that. Then to me, that would be a sign that I need to find other resources outside of that. And if you were working with me, one of the first things I would share with you when you start working with me is that your spouse, <laughs> your spouse, your partner, your siblings, whatever, they're not your therapist and you're not, they're not your counselor. So they're your spouse. They'll be there and they'll be so supportive and stuff. Mm -hmm. But as we work through the stuff, this is the place where you get to where space is held specifically for you to share whatever it is that you need to share. And I always tell everyone, I, they look at my head, my bald head, and I said, there is nothing that you can tell me that will cause my hair to fall out. <laughs> because it's shaved, right? So it's not, it's not going to go too far. And they started laughing, but they, they get the point. And they get the point. And let me tell you, uh, with, you know, my own history of sexual abuse with nine perpetrators and then having worked with guys over 20, 20 years, I have heard stories that would make some of uh, the horror movies that you watch seem tame. Just stuff that seems totally unbelievable, but it actually did happen, right? It did happen. So that's one that we have to, when we're talking about disclosing we have to realize that sometimes we are afraid that it's going to change our relationships, but the reality is sometimes it may and sometimes it will not. So then how do we disclose in a way, I'm going to say that focuses on our safety and our well-being. So I'm going to say here's the, here's the first thing, because this is the one thing that was violated for us. Control. We didn't have control over the situations. We didn't have control over what they did to our body or what they made us do to them whenever during the sexual abuse. And so here's the thing. When we're disclosing, we need to have as much control of the situation as possible. Okay, that's, that's reality. And so when we talk about that control, what does that look like? It looks like, you know, um, choosing um, what you want to tell and who you want to tell. Sharing the amount of information that you wish to share. Here's the thing. I, this is my philosophy. When someone asks you a question, it's a request. I don't have to grant that request. <laughs> it's up to me to grant that request. So let me share with you another incident. So I was out and having dinner with some, some individuals. And, and so we were sitting there and we we're talking and, and this individual had shared like a traumatic um, situation or incident that happened, you know, in their, in, in their life. And so they were just, you know, being nice and just saying, yeah. Now there was a person that was sitting next to me 
And the person was asking questions that was just like dragging the person all the way back through the trauma again, having, and they weren't doing it from a bad word. They were just interested, right? Because they had never run into anything like this or experienced this. And so they were asking all these questions and I was looking at the person's face and I'm like, oh my God, what, they're just, they're taking, and the person was trying to be nice. And the person is just explaining everything going through. And at the end I said, look, bro, I'm like, you gotta stop it. I'm like, you just, I said, you just practically re-traumatized that person with the questions that you were asking. And I said, the thing you were asking questions with a group of people there, what, what if that person didn't want to share all that information with everybody? Maybe they wanted to share it with you. So then, you know, kick it to the side and take it offline and, and have that conversation to allow them to control the information that they're going to share. And even the, I'm going to say that the situation and the circumstances, right? And so just because the person you're disclosing to ask a question, it doesn't mean that you need to answer it. Okay. It doesn't mean that you need to answer it. And let me tell you, that becomes kind of a art, art form, art style and understanding that and getting to that point. You have the right to excuse yourself from the conversation immediately. Okay. If, if you need to, um, I mean, I was on a, I was on a, a call last night and with a, with a, uh, with a group of survivors. And, uh, so we, we have these where, um, we have an opportunity to just talk about what's going on in our life and, you know, what might be affecting us. And, and someone shared something with me and I was like, Whoa, that was deep. And it was like triggering some stuff for me from some stuff that had already gone on in the day. Right. So it was kind of magnifying that. And so, you know, I shared that with the guys and then I said, guys, thanks, you know, for being here, for allowing me to have this safe place. Um, I'm going to share this. And then I got to tap out. I just, I just got to tap out, you know, because right now it's just too much. But I wanted to be able to, to share that with you guys, right? Because I know that is uh, a safe place, right? And so, you know, we can, we can talk more about it later. And so you can kind of, I'm going to say, um, tell the person ahead of time, if you have something important to, to tell that individual that you don't, you know, that you don't want him or her to say anything about it. And so uh, this is one of the prefaces that when we're, when you're coaching with me and we're talking about disclosing, one of the things that I share is this. Um, you kind of say to the person, you know what, there's something that I, I really need to share with you. It's, it's kind of deep. Um, it, it's for, for me, you know, it's maybe it was a hurtful time in my life, but I don't need any comments. I, I just need you to, to listen to what I have to say. Uh, you know, I don't need you to agree with whatever parts of my story right now. I just need you to listen and then ask them, is it possible for you to do that? Right. I don't need any judgmental stuff. I don't need to whatever. I just need you to listen. Okay. And if that's what you need them for, then that's what you need them. You need them for, I, you know, I'm kind of of the idea. If you can let people know what the needs are and set the expectations up front and they're like, yep, I can, I can do that. Then great. If not, then you move on to the next person, ask them, Hey, uh, do you have the ability to do this for me? Okay. So when we think about these things, when we think about disclosing, here's the thing you really deserve to be listened to. 
You deserve to be believed. You deserve to be supported, right? I always start off, if you've listened to, to this one on the Insiders, right? Uh, you know, I say, hey, you deserve your BMW. Well, yeah, I think we all should, or a Tesla, I guess if you're in California. A Tesla, I think they're moving to Texas now. But anyway, as survivors, you do deserve to be listened to, to believe, and to be supported. And unfortunately, I'm going to say no matter how careful that you are about who you choose to disclose to, not every person, like I said, will be able to offer you those things that you need. Like I said, some won't be able to, to offer you support because maybe um, they're too threatened by the subject of childhood sexual abuse. Um, others might actually be in denial of their own abuse. And I run into that so many times that they simply just can't. They can't be there for you. And that's not a knock on them. That's just where they're at. And so because of this possibility, I'm going to say you need to promise yourself that if the person or the individual um, that you want to share with or whatever doesn't believe you, they can't offer you the support, um, then move on to someone else. Okay, don't think of it as like, oh, you know, woe is me. Let me trust you to tell you there's someone out there who's willing to listen. And you're, if you're listening to this podcast, you guys know me, right? You send me the email, whatever, and talk. And those of you that are on the Insiders um, podcast membership, <laughs> you know, we get to have those discussions. You send me something, I shoot you out, you know, a video, even for the issue that you might be dealing with a personal because you do deserve to be heard. You do deserve to be believed and understood and to be supported, right? And that's a promise that you need to also make to yourself. So choose the person very carefully that you want to share and disclose with. All right, guys. I Woo. Did I go over my 20 minutes? I Yeah, I did. Okay. I know the neuroscience says, you know, 20 minutes is the brain's engaged. And then if it's not interesting, it's going to move on to something else. So I hope, yeah, I hope that it was somewhat interesting and that it did, you know, help you guys. But like I said, going back to our, our starting whatever email where it's causing strife in the person's relationships and, um, you know, the person's like, uh, that's a sign that the person is sharing with you that maybe the information, what's going on is too much for them. And so, like I said, don't make them or turn them into your therapist, your counselor, whatever. Find the place where you, one, are in control of the information that you need to be put out there, a place where you're safe, a place where you're believed, a place where you are supported. And so maybe that's not the type of support that this individual in the relationship with you can give at this time. And so then you need to move, I'm going to say outside of that into another safe boundary and get that. And you guys know me, I have the whole idea, like you're at the circle, but you've got your group of different individuals around you that help meet different needs because no one person can meet every single need. There are some people, like we said, they just can't handle it or handle the information. And so that means you got to look, but once again, if you're listening to me, then guess what? There's a place. There's a place here. There's a place to start. Go up to the Insiders um, members on safeplaceformen.com. Start the journey there. There's three different tiers that are there, and you can start at three, three different levels. 
right? Based on, you know, how much you want to engage. If you just want to engage, you know, in the, the podcast, the archive podcast, and then the insiders podcast, where we talk about more stuff, you can do that. If you want to get the um, newsletter, you know, every month, you can engage at that level, right? If you want to do a little bit more and you're like, hey, you want to be a guest on the podcast, <laughs> so you can talk about a little bit uh, of these things. Um, so you can kind of get it out but realize you still have your anonymity there. That's something that you can do. Or if you're an individual, you, you're like, well, I want to do some of your online courses. There's a tier for that. So just go up there and look at those tiers and decide where you want to start, where you want to begin. And they might even just be sending me an email, right? So like I said to that individual, thanks for sending me an email and even just saying that you're listening, right? Because that encourage, that encourages me and... That's why I'm doing what I'm doing today. Uh, this 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 morning uh, is because, you know, it's it's the reciprocal feeding. We're we're feeding each other. So uh, I'm looking forward, you know, to this year. Like I said, I think things are going to start opening up a little bit more, and so we'll have an opportunity here pretty soon to start doing some more of the the workshops. And you know, guys, there's just something, you know, I'm going to say over these past two years with uh, COVID. And I know we've been doing things, you know, virtually, but I'm going to just tell you, there's something magical that just happens when we're all in the same physical place proximity, right? Whatever the way they were made, whatever created biologically, they're just stuff that happens there that just doesn't happen, I'm going to say, via the, the digital world. And that's one of the reasons, you know, I want to get back to, to doing those. And so if you're interested in attending I'm going to say, um, um, well, yeah, attending a, a retreat. I'm thinking about doing some retreats and starting to get back online. Please send me email and, and let me know. Just just let me know. And um, because the thing is, if we have like enough guys in the same area when I'm traveling and, and doing other work, then we can just do it in a place that will be even closer. You don't have to come to, to California because we can can do it there. But I need to know that, oh, why, there's enough guys, whatever, in this area to actually, you know, do the workshop. And like, okay, so COVID, all right, well, I'm vaccinated, so that's no no issue. And all I'm saying is, um, whatever side of the line that you fall on, okay, you fall on, all I ask is that, you know, when we do the retreats and stuff, that you just test, you know, test yourself, whatever, with the rapid test, you know, so you can see if you got something or not got something, whatever, before you jump on the plane or <laughs> jump off the plane, as a courtesy to everyone else. Right. So just trying to, to keep it down as much as possible. All right, guys, I think that is it for this morning, this February morning. Once again, thank you guys so much for being here on the Safe Place for Men Insiders podcast. Make sure you go up to the website, check out the stuff. I'm always throwing stuff up there. For those of you now that are on the inside, we're doing the Where Are You At series. And so you're going to notice on the website uh, some of the things that we're doing, you know, um, so, and for those of you that don't know, because you're not part of the insiders, where is an acronym that stands for this? So how is the issues or how are the issues affecting my wealth, my health, my emotions, my relationships, and the enjoyment of life? So where are you at? That's the series. And so, um, we got different stuff, rebuilding intimacy after the trauma, a few things that stop you from reaching 
your healing vision, uh, where are you at, male survivors, of course, dealing with the anger of our childhood abuse, just different stuff, right? I'm just glad um, that I'm being blessed in the opportunity, you know, to put the information, you know, out there and for us to, you know, talk about these, these things and then not just talk about them, but you actually get some coaching principles and stuff that you get to, to work on for those of you that are doing the full-blown coaching program. All right, guys, so you know where to find me at. Of course, safe place for men. That's not an issue, hopefully, for you there. And so, you know, until our next time, first of all, know there's someone here who loves you. And you guys know how I define that when we're talking about that because sometimes that's a bad word uh, for us because we associate it with the uh, abuse, right? But what it means is that I care for you. I have concern for you because you're part of the brotherhood, right? And so just feel free, you know, like I said, to step out there. Send me email, safeplace4men at gmail.com. And then we'll see what we can do, right? We're just trying, trying to help you. And remember to always be safe. All right, guys, until our next podcast. <laughs>